All right, my friends. Well, welcome back to Trekology. Here we are yet again. We've been having some technical difficulties, but hopefully we are off and rolling on this episode. Thank you for joining us. My name is Jeff. I am one of your captains on this interstellar voyage of thought. I don't yeah, know, but go. my other host and captain is Greg. Hi, Greg. Hey, I mean, what's a ship without two captains, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So this is kind of an interesting one. So just to paint the visual picture, no, pictures are always visual. Paint the sound, <laughs> sound picture. A soundscape? Um, yes. So in attempting to get as high quality audio as we can for y'all. Which is always um, our goal. It is, it is. Uh, Greg is sitting at his computer and I am sitting at his kitchen table. So we're about... 10 feet apart, eight feet apart. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So it's a little, I don't know. This is a different situation for us. So I don't know why. I don't know. It just feels different. Yeah. We're so far apart from each other. I know. <laughs> Although reality is we used to do it over Skype. Yeah. And then, you know, that was just silliness. But yeah. I, mean, I like this. I like silliness. being in person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we have better conversation. Okay. I feel, oh yeah. I'm wondering if it's the in-person thing or if it's this, just the season. Cause it does mm. feel like, yeah, the conversations we've had this season have been, have been different yeah. than last season. And better, I mean, I think maybe deeper. we're a little bit more directly like, here's the topic we're going to discuss yeah. as opposed to last season was a little, I mean, I guess that was the overall theme of each episode was like, that's the topic, but it was more general yeah. in some ways. And I think we're talking about things that, I mean, we both love Star Trek, but we also sure. both love talking about culture Thanks. and society yeah. too. So yeah. Love talking about culture and society. Huh. I guess I hadn't thought about it in those terms. Oh, I think we do. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't just, I would not, I would not, uh, I would not disagree. So I would agree. With what there you, you had said. There we go. <laughs> we try and avoid the double and triple negatives. What did you say a couple episodes ago? It's not that Vulcans don't <laughs> not have feelings. I think there was a triple negative yes. in there. Yes. So, but then that would but be that they true. don't have feelings. <laughs> Regardless. Well, at that, many, at that point, that many negatives, it must be true, right? <laughs> you just throw enough of those in there. So, so hey, we're going to dive right in because uh, we're a little short on time this episode. We got so. a little distracted this morning talking about society and culture. And we were talking about society and culture, which we love. Uh, and we had technical difficulties as well. So we are diving into talking about about this episode, The Outcast from Next Generation's fifth season. So Greg, you said you'd seen this episode, but it's been a while? Yeah, it's been it's been probably a decade since I saw this episode last. Mm. It is so sad. It is a Man, sad. It, it's, it is a downer. Right? And then it just ends yeah where it's and they're just like, like off to feeling right which right. is where i grew up can we actually. leave yeah 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 <laughs> can we leave now commander Riker? yes there's nothing for me here dun, 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 dun. but it doesn't do the happy like whatever it's so sad yeah it's it's which is somewhat surprising i feel like uh next generation like to have kind of like a i mean especially the original series they always wanted to end on a happy note right with the exception of uh city on the edge of forever doesn't end on a happy note, does That's it? That's true. I mean, they put the world back to the way that it is, yeah. but Kirk definitely lands with the like, let's just get the hell out of here. Yeah. Like it's similar in that sort of a way. It is. Where it's like we failed or whatever, or we succeeded, but you know, the end. Yeah. I mean, in this episode, I mean, the good guys lose in this episode. Yeah. 
well, we can talk about that. Yeah. Because I think it's it's an interesting. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with this episode, this is uh, again the outcast from uh, season five, which I'm still. I believe season five was the strongest season. Season six was pretty good. You know, more and more. I mean, last week I think that was a season five episode. Interlight was season and five. It, yeah. It's um. More and more, I'm agreeing with you because I also watched Cause and Effect right after oh, this. Because it's, it's like, just like it's one after another, and yeah. it's just just the the depth of writing the season, yeah. and the, the 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 chances they took. For me, season six, they started going a little too crazy. Mm. Like that's the one where they had oh, what was it called? Was it called Genesis? Where they all start evolving into like or devolving? Oh, right. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is horrible. Yeah. Like there was a couple of the, where they just went too far i think mm -hmm. whereas this season i just feel like they hit their stride it was intimate it was um yeah thought provoking intimate that's a i think that's an excellent word for season five yeah it's a very intimate season it is it is but at the same time but they still like are doing challenging you know topics yeah. and and um uh yeah chal challenging uh, uh storylines mm -hmm. i thought um, without needing to do like an ongoing story because there's no ongoing story through season five yeah. or anything like that uh, the Borg have somehow been forgotten, which is wonderful. But pretty sure season five is also where we get I Borg, which is, I think, maybe the best episode they ever did. It is so, an incredible episode. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking no, about. No, it's not. <laughs> we are we're talking, talking about, about the Outcast. The Outcast, <laughs> which, again, that's what I started to say. If you've never seen The Outcast, uh, it's basically they show up to a planet that is in distress or at least has, has called for help that I believe is a Federation world. Uh, they are uh, an androgynous species, so they are without gender. Uh, Commander Riker starts working with one of their scientists who turns out that they are um, have a, or a leaning towards one of the genders, mm -hmm. which in that society is considered not only taboo, but illegal. And... Um, so then that, yeah, kind of sets the trajectory for the episode. Um, I, yeah, it's been, I've definitely seen this episode. Um, it's not been one of my favorite episodes per se, but especially going now back and watching it with this context of like, hey, we want to discuss some of the themes in there. Like it was a very um, well-written episode. Like I thought yeah. there was a lot of uh, scenes in it because I was going back I remembered that it was about sexuality mm -hmm. and but it's from 19 what 89, 89 92 so. somewhere right yeah. in that era and I'm like oh like how well is this going to have aged like the conversation about sexuality back then right. I mean you know however well it's done today it feels like it was done significantly worse back then yeah um, I was pleasantly surprised yeah I was too uh, you know what's What's interesting about all this, though, is that it it touched on something that was going to be more important in the future about being like extra gender or gender you know, identity. Like, yeah, yeah, gender uh, gender identity that they it wasn't really on their radar then, but that speaks to it now. It does. I mean, because like, I think you're right. That was not their intent. No. Like when they wrote this episode, they had no, it was not, even though, I mean, let's be honest, like there were people that were struggling with their gender identity back then. And um, always have been. Oh, exactly. Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't on the like cultural zeitgeist Right. They weren't thinking about it. The writers weren't thinking about like, you know, hey, there are people that really struggle. And so that ultimately it was an episode far more about homosexuality. Yeah. Uh, because that was uh, 
coming to the forefront, especially, you know, the AIDS pandemic was, was, um, definitely in the news Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, homosexuality was just starting to become, um, a topic of conversation. Uh, and I did read that they said that, I guess they got a lot of, this is season five. They had been getting letters, uh, saying like, Hey, you guys say that you're all about representation and you have all these different races represented. Like why is there no, uh, homosexuality Mm -hmm. represented? And, uh, this was in some ways, apparently this was a response to those, those letters, um, which I was surprised. I don't know. I didn't read a whole lot. It seemed like Gene Roddenberry was open to the idea, Mm -hmm. um, which, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I don't know anything about Gene Roddenberry's stance on homosexuality specifically but uh just being an older fellow like it wouldn't be my first thought that he's just like oh he was probably like way open to like representing you know all all, um sexual identities and sexual uh, orientations and all but hey sounds like he was yeah open to it right yeah like we said i i think it's aged really well Mm. um surprisingly well yeah was there anything that didn't, you think? I think that part of what I read as the allegory here yeah. was that this uh, planet of people who were non-gendered were, like, that was a metaphor for sexuality. Uh, like, taking away the gender from the whole planet is like everybody's gay, mm. you know, because they're all attracted to the same gender, I guess. But I, I I felt like that was kind of incorrect. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, sexuality and gender identity don't have, uh, don't really have a whole lot to do with each other, yeah. you know, in moder- modern gender critical thought. Right. Um, so I thought taking away the gender and like just making everybody gay, that, that was not, uh, that didn't age particularly well. Interesting. And that kind of. Uh, gender deconstruction yeah you know see at least for me like i kind of saw the opposite where i saw that them without gender like i don't think they were attracted to anyone Mm -hmm. like my 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 perception was that they were both genderless and asexual like they talked about reproduction and that reproduction was not a a sexual act it was not even like an attraction it was a logical act it was a you and you let us reproduce and like what is it they would inseminate a, a husk a husk is that what they, they said she right it or, yeah 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 and so it didn't seem like attraction or or anything like that because and that was part of what made me think of it too and that was uh, uh well one uh, Jonathan Frakes said he was disappointed that how many of these non-gendered aliens they cast female actors to play these non-gendered ones which he thought was the safe bet like the safe choice it always is right if you would have put a male non-gendered one and he even he even said like why didn't we make soren like a male actor and which uh, i think what was it brandon braga was like was like would jonathan frakes have like made out with a male like actor Mm -hmm. and that that definitely would have been a more challenging thing um, but yeah, but again, my, the, the, in the episode, they kept showing the one, the one alien that was always very suspicious of Soren. And it seemed like it was because they were associate, they were spending a good number of time with a male. 
mm-hmm. and and th- that it didn't seem like I don't know. It seemed like attraction wasn't on the table for them, and that showing attraction was suspect that you probably favor a gym. But Soren talks about when when and we're uh, we're going to use the feminine pronouns for Soren because that seems to be what she prefers. Right. Um, what 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 she talks about with uh, with Riker when they're talking about reproduction and Riker says, you know, very pleasurable act or whatever. Right. She she talks about the insemination of the husk, but she says that before that, you know, the the I assume the courtship before that is a is also an enjoyable time. Hmm. So Maybe. that that led me to believe that they do have love. They do have like romantic love, if not. I mean, sexual love. I don't know. Maybe that's not no. the right word. No, um, right, because they don't but, reproduce that way. Right. Yeah. But they do have romantic love in their culture. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, again, I don't think the metaphor. Personally, I don't think the metaphor they were going for was this is a gay culture. Mm-hmm. I think it was this is our culture, and that the people that express gender to them are the the way they treat them are the way that we treat homosexuals in mm. our community so i feel like that was the pre- totally reversed you think it's right just, that was the yeah, metaphor a, the, and, and and the interesting thing was i think that was also the safer way to do it mm-hmm. is that they didn't want I, I i think the writers and rick berman kind of even talked about like we don't want i don't think we're ready to have a like a gay couple on the enterprise mm. like i don't think culture is ready for this i don't think our sponsors will be happy etc etc and to show like here's an entire culture of homosexuals like i don't think same thing that would have been a more challenging uh premise than to do it a neutral like in some ways it made me think you ever watch futurama yeah so zap brannigan's arch nemesis are is the neutral planet yeah. Because they have nothing and they're all like, tell my wife I said hello. Like, because they're completely neutral about everything. How do you feel about this? I'm undecided. Like they're 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 neutral. And right. that was kind of how this I felt like these uh this culture was portrayed. Mm. Is it again, it, it felt more I feel like the conversation that Soren and Riker had in Ten Forward expressed uh an asexual um uh, existence rather than, you know, uh, especially because like without to say like we like homosexuality would be as opposed to there are no genders. Therefore we love everybody. I don't think right. that's quite homosexuality either. No, there was a couple of things first that I noticed about this episode for myself. The first one was the very first line when Picard starts with a, uh, uh, a, uh, uh, captain's log is he's saying we are visiting an androgynous species and it's just like why is that the first thing you mentioned like this is the most important quality is that they have no ge- i mean you know that us as an audience it didn't mess around it got us right out there even though androgynous is not necessarily a word we would use mm-hmm. so we needed a definition for it later but i don't know i felt like they could have written that line a little better to be like, we are visiting such and such a species, blah, 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 blah. They are an androgynous species, which should make this a little bit, you know, yeah. interesting, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It um, does seem like interesting to the crew, though. 
you know? Yeah, I mean, we don't get a whole lot of that other than the poker game yeah. where Worf is... And, Weirded so, out. Exactly, and that, that totally reminds me of Zach Brannigan, where yeah. it's just, it's the, like, these... What is it in Futurama? He's like, these filthy neutrals. Like, you never know where they stand. They don't stand anywhere. <laughs> and that was exactly how Worf's perspective right, was. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily that he was, like, anti per se. Mm-hmm. It was more... And that's why, it like, they didn't make him homophobic essentially right they made him more anti-neutral yeah because you don't stand like it'd be one thing if you're all women that at least you're you know whatever or if you're all men he was yeah i i I thought they did a really good job with Worf in this episode it would have been easy to make him into like the homophobe right who learns a lesson in the end yep but they 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 played it so much more subtle mm-hmm. than that. Right. It, Which in some ways could be the easy way out because mm-hmm. we want you to love Worf and we don't want Worf to be the, the, the bigot. Yeah. Uh, we want, and they even kind of said they kind of made the culture, the bad guys. Yeah. Right. Um, which, yeah, we can get into in a second. Uh, my, my, but my other thought was <laughs> why is Commander Riker the one on this? Like, hey, we've got this thing that they need to figure out a science like solution. Why didn't you put a scientist on it? Why would you put your first officer in charge? Like that, yeah, it, it fit obviously because you want the you know the hunky first officer to be the one in the romantic relationship mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it seemed kind of silly uh, universe wise to me. Yeah, yeah. Would you say Riker's the most masculine? Uh, I mean, we're, this is an episode about uh, about gender. Yeah, you know, this is, or that, that that's a big part of this episode is sure. is gender and like differences among gender and that sort of thing. Is is Riker the most masculine bridge crew? I would say like stereotypically, uh, it'd be Worf. Okay. Worf is more aggressive, more is more like strong physically stronger, like all of those things. He shows a lot of the more stereotypical masculine mm-hmm. things. Um, for me, I think, and that's kind of the way Next Generation is designed, is that they took Kirk, mm-hmm. which Kirk in the original series was, you know, the alpha male, and he was he was kind of all of those, and they kind of split his character among a couple because we don't see Picard in romantic relationships. Right, as we talked about last week. That's was, what Riker's for. Yeah. They put Riker in all of those. He's younger, he's tall, he's like he's got mm-hmm. all that. He's stuff. got a beard. Exactly. And he's to somewhat expendable. Like mm. he's still a vital member of the crew, but if it's one thing if the captain goes to do this, but if the first officer or the first officer says, I'm gonna leave Starfleet or I'm gonna betray, you know, like whatever, like he does in this episode. Right. I'm gonna break the rule to do it. It's one thing if the captain does. And Picard doesn't do that. Right. Riker, the loose cannon, that kind of fits. That's his that's his job as the impetuous young young. I mean youngish. Um it is interesting that they didn't involve data. Because Data could certainly have some questions about, you know, masculine, feminine. Even yeah. in the the episode we'll do next episode, talking about the offspring. Right. That's one thing. He lets his offspring choose their gender. Mm-hmm. And to say, like, what's the difference between I have chosen to be male, you can choose to be female. Mm-hmm. That sort of, like, they could have expressed it in that way. But, I mean, granted, they only had 42 minutes. So there's only so much. And they needed to have us have some sort of a plot as yeah. well. Not just, just the, an exploration of exactly. gender. Exactly. And then one other, well, actually, there was two other ones that I thought was interesting. Uh, is one. One, which I thought, especially for our culture today, is uh, there's the first um, 
discussion where he acts Riker accidentally uses the word he mm-hmm. and Soren re- re- uh, uh, corrects him and says that no no there, there is no gender here and he said like well I don't want to say it because that sounds offensive like and she says or well at the time it's they they say that the, the pronoun we use doesn't have a translation mm-hmm. and I was like dang like there you go like that's a big, and I know that's been a challenge for like our culture. I think right is that right now non non-binary and stuff like that prefer they, even though they a lot of times is plural, and so sometimes trying to use a plural in a singular has been a challenge, and to kind of like I think that's some of it. We don't necessarily have pronouns that don't have male or female attached to them. Yeah, and I think that's been a challenge. Even I was talking to uh, just the other day about what was it like um, talking to a, a group of uh, children in a classroom setting and how frequently like some teachers or, or pe- talker speakers will use the phrase guys. Hey, guys, let's all do that. And it's just like, which is a male pronoun. Mm-hmm. And why don't we ever use like, hey, girls, hey, gals. And it's just like, that doesn't in our culture that doesn't quite feel as yeah. inclusive for one reason or another girls is specifically female guys is you know all inclusive but we do and i mean we that? we say things like mankind and you know the these yeah. are, i mean the word man can stand for a person like a male person right. or the human race right you know that that's we talk about you know one small step for man yeah. you know what well, uh, one giant leap for mankind. Right. And he's using the male pronoun in the first part and then the non-gendered total pronoun for the second part. Right. You know, right. it's it's part of the patriarchy, but... You know, exactly. It, That's my point, yeah. But, I mean, I use guys all the time. Sure. I mean, I, you know, texting you and your wife, I will write guys. Hey, guys. Hey, yeah. guys. Yeah. I, I, I try to use folks more often, but right. it doesn't come out as natural. Yeah. I like y'all. Y'all's a great word. Y'all is so good. And yeah. it makes me, I mean, it, it's not, it's not really appropriate for our culture because it sounds Southern and mm-hmm. we don't speak that way, but it's a great all inclusive sort of a, sort of a one. I think I'm bringing it back. I think we should, we, we, we need to, we need to make y'all uh, a, a more. Y'all need to use y'all. What was it? Wall? Y'all need to use y'all. We all. We all? all. Is that a thing? I don't know. I'm going to start it. <laughs> but you know what? I, and my my mom uh recently um one of her new co-workers is trans okay uh um male to female and my mom was because my mom's older and this is all new to her yeah um we're talking about about her experience about my mom's experience you know, and about her coworkers' experience. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and and her coworker have started talking a lot and stuff like that. And um, my mom said something like, "Well, you know, this. You know, I can I can understand this. You know, I can I can understand it. I can understand that. But it's the it's the non-binary people. You know, like I'm always afraid that I'm going to use the wrong pronoun with them, and they're going to get all mad." And I, I told my mom, like, as long, I, I think for most non-binary people, mm-hmm. as long as you are not making a point by using the wrong pronoun, hmm. if you're not, 
purposefully using the pronoun. Yeah. People generally have patience with you. Right. You know? And not everybody. Not there's everybody. Gonna be in both directions. Yeah. I mean, there's some, like, I, I know even, like, for, uh, you know, having children. Mm-hmm. Is it up until they're, you know, three or so? Is it a lot of times it's difficult to tell? Is this a boy or is this a girl? Mm-hmm. And... For the most part, if you say, oh, look at this, like, look at this little fellow. He's so charming. It's like, this is a girl. Like, some people get annoyed by that. Mm-hmm. And some people, a lot of people, though, are kind of like, oh, you made a mistake. That's okay. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, I your, think- your, your daughter for a long time, you know, she was commonly misgendered. Oh, still is. Yeah. And I mean, if you don't put her in a dress, sometimes that's, which we'll, we can talk about in just a second. But uh yeah, but and I think we are afraid though of those extreme reactions. Yeah, is and you we will get some. There's a reality is that sometimes you, if you make a mistake, uh, people will bite your head off for it, and the fear of that is is you know is powerful. Yeah, um, yeah, but h- how much that dictates uh, what we do, I think. Do is, you watch The Office? Of course. So there's that episode when the two branches merge. I think it's called the merger. Yeah, and. Um, the one of the women from the um, Stanford branch brings in oh, yeah, her yeah, baby yeah. Uh-huh. and baby all in pink and one of the right one of the office people say oh what a beautiful daughter and and she says he's a boy his pink is his favorite color right you know yeah and that's I mean it's silly right she but she is she's, and she's indignant about it right she's got a that attitude kind of, yeah yep yep now yeah and 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 the, the way that that was written and stuff like that, like it, was she supposed to be a jerk and stuff? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. The, the, and that's a, that's a fear, right? You know, yeah. it's the same. It's like the, the old, uh, do you want to say congratulations to this woman for being pregnant or is it a ca- case that maybe mm. she's just, you know, put on a couple of pounds and to try, you're trying to be nice and outgoing and stuff like that. But the fear of what if I offend instead right. is, 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 is real. So, yeah. But I, I think that, Riker using you know that conversation about pronouns is yeah is illustrative right. you know and, and 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 helpful I think to people because I mean we're as a society if we are going to welcome in a multitude of gender expression then it's important to think about these things right if if we're going to be inclusive to that that truth of human identity yep it's important to be um to be thoughtful and to think about these things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's something I've thought about too, like with, uh, is it Demi Lovato? It's one of the, one of the, some, uh, pop singer, uh, okay. that wanted to go by, um, I think they, as opposed to, uh, uh she, um, and th- you know, there's an outrage on Twitter and blah, 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 blah. And, and I saw some response that was like, when are you ever going to meet this person? You are never going to meet this person. So who cares? Like, right. why do you care what they would prefer to be referred to as? It doesn't affect your life at mm-hmm. all. And yet yeah, there's a certain level. I was even thinking uh, last night when we uh, got together for dinner and we were talking a little bit about uh, cross-cultural issues and the way that our culture views as other cultures. We talked about this last episode as well. Um, and how much, uh, to a certain extent, does it really matter what I think of your culture? Like, mm-hmm. can't you do what you're, like, why, why is it incumbent upon me to tell you what you need to do? 
Like some of it now for us as Christ followers, there's that's a, a different layer to this is I genuinely care about your flourishing as a human being. Um, but the way that I let my culture get in the way of that. And if I look at my culture says, you know, last night we were talking about spanking children. Mm-hmm. My culture says that spanking is immoral. But the way that you handle your children, does it really affect me and my life? So that I should tell you how to live your life because I believe your culture is wrong. Like, yeah. To some extent, mind your own business. Do your own thing. Like, why does your culture have to, like, yeah, uh, impact my culture? Now, did Riker, did Riker follow your your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely here? not. Yeah. Well, well, to be fair, as we're getting into the end of the episode, his solution isn't necessarily your society is wrong fix it mm-hmm. his society is more i'm going to take her away yeah let her alone exactly and she can go and live her own life and leave her um leave her alone yeah. which yeah that which i want to get to that one in just a second because first what going back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier about um gender roles that's a big that's always been a big one for me that i think mm-hmm. like i i really loved the writing in this episode when soren asked um, what was the first one that she, or, or at that point they were still identifying as a, as they, yeah. I suppose there was a, there was a number of questions, like even the, like, tell me about your sexual organs, Commander Riker. And it's like, yeah. uh, <laughs> pardon me. <laughs> like, that's not my culture. And he even says that that's not really, you know, I'm not ashamed of them, but like, you don't just bring those up in casual conversation right. in my culture. Um, but even uh, uh, Soren asked about like what's the difference between males and females, mm-hmm. and, and he kind of goes the like typically males are stronger like physically like more like whatever, um, and then what about emotionally and uh, uh, personally, uh, and he kind of like whew like that's a big question that could take you a lifetime to answer, and I was right. like dang again like good on you Star Trek like that was a great answer for nineteen eight whatever uh, that'd be a great answer for today yeah because. I would think for a lot of people, they would probably already have an answer. Mm-hmm. What's the difference emotionally and personally, personality-wise, between males and females? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's been one for me. We've we've talked about this, I think, at various times on on the podcast and just personally. Um, like one one thing that I've found fascinating is to think about, uh, like, just statistically, if let's say you have a group of people, in this case, males or females, and 60, 70, 80% of them behave in one way. Mm-hmm. We can then draw a conclusion or we can and have drawn a conclusion. Yeah, we do. Therefore, everybody, this is the norm mm-hmm. because 80% or 70% or 60% behave this way. Mm-hmm. Talking about, like you said about the office, um, I would guess that a majority, probably you know, 70, maybe even 80% of males Pink is not their favorite color. Mm -hmm. Can we therefore say the norm is that pink should not be the favorite color of males? Like we have done that. And and I like, I I liked what we talked about. uh, I think two episodes ago about the number of relationships that we can remember in our brain. Yeah. So we do categorize. Right. And that, that can certainly take place. Yeah. That, does it help me if I know very little about you, but I know that you're male and I know that the majority of males don't, the color pink is not their favorite color. Mm-hmm. Can I make that assumption? Yeah. And, and I think we do. And I think that's where we can we get into trouble. Do. Yeah. 
and the number of things that we do with that. You know, I think the assumption in the office, though, more than that, is that parents most of the time don't dress their boys in pink. That's true, too. Yep. And that I, I think that, you know, the society around plays such a a, uh, a role in those assumptions, yes. you know, that what other people, how other people react on onto that person. Yeah. You know, the role that that person has because of society is so affected by their gender yeah. and that we make assumptions based on just how they are categorized in that society. Mm. Like. If you just mention a person, non-gendered, staying at home, taking care of the children, who likes to cook? Sure. The assumption is female. Right. You know, that, and that's just based off of the expectations of the culture yeah. on them. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, it, it goes even deeper than just like what they look, at, look like on the outside, the clothes that they're wearing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but we, we do make those assumptions. Yeah. I mean, we all make them. Yeah. The, the World Cup's on right now. Yeah. And I, you know, they have the, the shots of the crowd, mm-hmm. you know. And I, it shows like a, I don't know, a, a, a Dutch fan. And I look at that and I think, that's what Dutch people look like. There you go. You know, <laughs> <laughs> or like a Italian, you know, the Italians or the Mexicans or whatever. That's what Italians look like. That's what Mexicans look like. Yep. And then it shows shots of the Americans. And I'm like, that's not what Americans look like. Right. Because right, it's our own culture. <laughs> right. Too. Right. And to be fair, like, like that's in theory, in hope, the definition of America is that we're supposed to be a melting pot of a bunch of different yeah, cultures. Yeah, well, ideally. So there should be yeah. more diversity, but there's diversity anywhere you go. Right. I mean, even that's been one of the nice things, looking at the various um, World Cup teams, is that very few are mono, cr- cr- the same color. Yeah. Like there's there's typically some different shades even on like what was it the US was just playing Argentina. Mm-hmm. No, uh the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh and then the you know different color of folk on the team itself. Yeah. Um even though our assumption might be that everybody from the Netherlands is the same color or whatever and you know same thing Europe and Africa and wherever you go. Yeah. Um that can be somewhat of the assumptions. For me, um like I'm a sports fan. And, uh, I, but I have known plenty of males who are not sports fans mm-hmm. and that, that doesn't go over well. No. Because the assumption is as a male, you're supposed to like sports. A- as a male person that is not a sports fan, right. other than the World Cup. There but, you go. <laughs> you know, it, I, I've, I've been in a lot of situations where all the men around are talking about sports. Sure. Um, and that I that's the topic of conversation mm-hmm. when men get together. And you know, I just make something up. Right. Or I well, text you real quick. And there's and the, <laughs> the pressure to fit in. Right. I, I want to be masculine. Mm-hmm. And this is what it feels like a, a requirement of male is to be, you know, is to enjoy sports yeah. or is to know things about sports right. as well. Uh, same thing, or maybe in the reverse. Like for me, like again, I, I do love sports, though I'm lousy at most of them. Um, but I also love musical theater. Now mm-hmm. that's the opposite. Like that was the thing is that males are not supposed to like musical theater. Now we've talked about this before. Yeah. And, and I I don't know because, uh, you know, I also enjoy my share of musical theater as okay. well. But I think that it is not so much a gender thing as a sexuality thing. Well, but that's, it, I think those are, for me, I think those are interlinked. 
You think so? I think it's because the arts, and this this is a broad stroke, and that's the point. Um, the arts a lot of times are considered a feminine trait. And so if you are pursuing it, you are pursuing something feminine. So as a male for something, something feminine, if you're not female, then you must be like homosexual. And I mean, that was, you know, working in entertainment, working in theater, somewhat, somewhat of the, the expectation was that, yeah, if you're a male in musical theater, then you mm -hmm. must be gay. Yeah. Because right? that's the only explanation. A masculine male would not pursue musical theater. Right. And that's, and again, that's a, now having worked, you know, in, in entertainment and in theater, is there a higher percentage of um, homosexuals in that, uh, homosexual men, especially in that area or dancers or et cetera, et cetera? Maybe. Is there a higher percentage than playing like professional football? Maybe. Although as we have seen over the years, it's also less acceptable to be a homosexual playing professional football. Yeah. And because there've been a number that have come out and like said that like, I'm not the only one, but it's, it's rough. Right. It's rough to be in. And you know, you create this culture and the, you know, this locker room and stuff like that, where it's, it's not nearly as acceptable because it's seen as yeah. Stereotypically masculine. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that's been one. And I mean, this is really tough because again, especially like we talked about last episode, talking about the importance of walking a mile in someone's shoes. Uh, and I have not walked a mile. I mean, I've known folks who are, uh, heter are homosexual. I've known po folks who are heterosexual. I've known folks who are uh, transgender, uh, non-binary, um, but I haven't walked a mile in their shoes. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that experience is like. Uh, so I can only guess, but I do wonder how much our culture's rigid gender roles plays a plays a role in all of this. Oh yeah, where well, I think kinda, that's a really good a really good point. Yeah, because it's kind of like if I if I am feeling like again I don't if I don't like sports if I do love musical theater if I etc 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 go down the line if I love the color pink are all of these traits starting to suggest, well, you know what? Those are all female traits. Mm -hmm. Like is, is how much is that actually informing this? Like maybe I'm not male. Maybe I don't fit right. in with this. Now, I don't know. Again, is there, I'm, I'm sure for some people, there is something much far, far deeper than just mm -hmm. these are my preferences. This is what I like. Um, but as at least as far as acceptance is concerned, like it feels that, that for me, that was, that's the, um, one of the powerful things about this episode yeah. is that it is about acceptance. It is about like, why won't you let me be me? Right. As opposed to defining, this is what it means for you to be this part of who you are. Yeah. And I, I you know, speaking as somebody who has, who, who has always had a issue fitting in mm. with, with people of my gender. I, I feel like that rigid adherence to that binary and that yeah. those yeah. clear lines really do create a lot of harm. Mm. You know, that that if you don't fit in, then you must be on the other side because there's only two options yes. there. Yep. And that's that's why I think that this um this more modern understanding of gender divorced from 
sexuality, divorce from biological sex. Yeah. I think makes sense in a cultural aspect, you yeah. know, that, that you, that, that, that gender doesn't have to be binary, hmm. you know, that, that, that there can be a wide range of gender expression. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, or even, and maybe it's their, 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 uh, different questions or different answers mm -hmm. is that beyond just I need to be defined as male or I need to be defined as female and that there are more options than just those two, just what it means to be male right, yeah. is such a broader stroke uh, and that it's okay to be like, there can be a male expression that doesn't look like the norm. Yeah. I always remember, which I think, is it a horrible line or is it a brilliant line? I don't know. It's maybe one of the two. But you remember the line in, which it also doesn't really fit with the, 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 the movie itself, but the line in Star Trek Generations where Geordi gets captured by S Soren? Whatever Malcolm McDowell's character's name is. Maybe it's, is it the same? But, um, and... Uh, he's saying something to him about like, don't you want to be normal? Mm, and Jordy yeah. asks, what is normal? And his answer is, it's what everyone else is, but you are not. Mm. And I'm like, is that brilliant or is that dumb? I don't know. But at the very least, like you said, I think there is, there is a, uh, an orbit around yeah. this idea of normal. Sometimes I don't want to be normal. Sometimes mm -hmm. I want to be special. Sometimes I want to stand out, but sometimes I don't. Sometimes I want to be normal. Yeah. And that drive, like that's a real challenge when our, you know, our society, even if we're not aware of it, we still do have some pretty rigid lines around what normal. Oh, we certainly is. do. We certainly do. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's harmful to the flourishing yes. of the human person. Absolutely. Because I don't know. God has not created us to be exactly the same as right. each other and that's the beauty of creation it's true it really and not is. only that but also just like so much i mean especially as church folk there are so many it feels like church folks seem to hold these even tighter than a lot of other uh groups and so much of it has nothing to do with jesus right jesus never said thou shalt love football like there was there's all of these gender definitions that are Christian culture or whatever has mm -hmm. developed has nothing to do with the gospel has nothing to do with again God's creation or the teachings of Jesus or anything like that but we've ingrained it into that Christian culture yeah in that so much of like yeah let 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 men be men and it's like what yeah. the heck does the that wild mean? at heart movement and yes. everything it's yes. you know it, it, it comes back to that that accepting of conservative political talking points as Christian gospel yeah but this isn't a political show. <laughs> Isn't it? We talk about, we we talk do talk about, about politics our admiration <laughs> of communism an yeah. awful lot. We really do. We do. I blame, I blame the Chernobyl guys mostly for myself. Yes. Okay. So uh, uh, before we go, I did want uh, a little bit of a chance to talk about something I found interesting about this episode that we touched on earlier is this idea of kind of like subtle storytelling. Mm -hmm. So one thing that Memory Alpha mentioned was that Jonathan Frakes was very disappointed that this episode uh, again that how many female actors that they cast as the the, the non-gendered characters uh, and that because it's that's that's safer and he even wanted to have Soren be uh, a male 
And so like or a male played by a male actor, exactly, a male actor who identified as female that he could still be attracted yeah. to, that that would be a much more challenging way of putting this. Or another one, and the, you know, Deep Space Nine kind of danced around some of the things too about um, having uh, like an actual gay character on the show, on the ship, normalizing it. Yeah. And, uh, and it sounds like they, they said there was some discussion over that and how like what's the best way to actually tell this story as opposed to it just being either lip service or fan service or whatever, mm-hmm. but to actually do it. And the thing that I thought was interesting is on one side, they tell this story, which again, I, I feel like this is the, this is the reverse in some ways uh, uh, picture, where as opposed to being a heterosexual society where homosexuals are not, are seen as abnormal and are seen as something wrong with them, they need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. This is a non-gendered society where heterosexuality, and because it is, it does seem like they... Uh, in this society, they express as female and, the, and that they're attracted to the male. So it's still heterosexuality, but heterosexuality is seen as abnormal and needs, like, is something. So it's it's a metaphor for, but it's, it's a somewhat subtle metaphor. Mm-hmm. So my guess is a large number of people could have watched this episode, even if they were anti-homosexuality, they could watch this episode, not realize that we're talking about heter- homosexuality, but maybe get the lesson anyway, I think is the hmm. goal of the writer. Yeah. And I really wonder about that. Cause like it really ma- it makes me think we've, we've mentioned a couple of times the movie crash, which mm-hmm. I, I need to watch it again because it seems like it hasn't aged as well as I remember it. But for me, I loved that movie because it was so challenging to see racial bias in so many different forms. Yeah. And that's what illuminated to me. And I remember talking to somebody who saw that movie very differently. And they said, wow, those people sure were racist. And I'm like, <laughs> you've missed the point. Because it wasn't talking about them. It was talking about you. Yeah. It was talking about us. Yeah. And about that we have this inside of us. But they had completely missed that. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, like, is there a benefit to subtle storytelling? Or is that a cop-out? Is that the wimpy way yeah. out? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree with Frakes that I would, I would love to have seen a more challenging episode. Mm. But that, that's you know, twenty twenty two me talking. Yeah. You know, not not me being my same age in nineteen eighty whatever. I don't know. Like you said, that people can watch this episode and not get the the deeper meaning. Yeah. You know that. I don't know. I, I feel like it was pretty explicit, mm. you know, I feel like it was p- pretty explicit, but that might just be where my, where mm. my headspace is, where my Could culture, be. you know, has led me to. Um, I'd like to know what my father-in-law thinks about this episode because mm. he loves TNG. Yeah. He's also very conservative. Interesting. So I wonder what he thinks. Yeah. I'm going to ask him. There you go. That would be an interesting, because <laughs> yeah, because for me, especially the more, and that's what I love about science fiction. Yeah. Is that science fiction is able to tell these very human stories in in a different form. Yeah. And so that you don't recognize that this is a story about you, that this is a story, because this is a story yeah, about aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wonder, like, uh, yeah, I wonder how, yeah, how aware of that metaphor mm-hmm. most people are. And not only that, like, how, how effective it actually is. Yeah. Like, it, and it's interesting just about movies and television in general. Like I, I remember, uh, again, being a musical theater and theater guy, 
one of the guys that I graduated with that went off to go and major in theater in college and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, he ended up dropping out. I don't know if he dropped out of school, but he dropped out of theater because for him, he was like, we're not making a difference here. He joined the Peace Corps to go off and build homes or something like that. Good in for Africa him. Or something like that. But for me, I really wrestled with that too. Yeah. Like what kind of a difference does any storytelling make? Is it a huge difference? Because this is actually forming our yeah. brains subconsciously. Or is it no difference because it's television and we just kind of be like, meh, that was, I, I didn't really want to get anything out of that. I don't know. Maybe there's a difference in, uh, in the media too. Um, you, I, I feel like TV is easier to just watch and possibly forget. But I, I, think, I think we all have books that have been uh, deeply affecting to us and, yeah. and changed the way that we looked at the world. <clears throat> Um, but then again, like I'm a bibliophile. You're more right. with the movies than the TV. Right. Well, I wonder. Like, <laughs> and it's. I always use this joke. Hopefully, it's appropriate. But uh, whenever someone is talking about like, or whenever it comes up about, again, the walking a mile in the shoes sort of a thing, and talking about like gang violence and stuff like that, and I always say, hey. I've seen Boys in the Hood. I know what goes on. <laughs> uh, and there's some of that reality that, like, I do. That was the beautiful thing about Boys in the Hood and stuff like that. I got a glimpse yeah. into a world I, I didn't know. But is it like, well, there we go. I've now walked a mile in their shoes because I, I have not. seen <laughs> a 90-minute movie about, like, telling a story about gang. Because yeah. then I wonder, like, going back to – we talked to, uh, several episodes about uh, ago about um, – growing up watching Saved by the Bell Mm -hmm. and that I learned for right or for wrong I learned how to date and how to interact with girls by watching Saved by the Bell and that was not Saved by the Bell's intent Saved by the Bell was trying to show entertain me trying to sell products and that that was the goal of that form of storytelling and if I'm basing my dating relationships from this I'm in big trouble yeah but I did anyway yeah so is it like is it almost a sometimes an un- like an unknown again that subtle subliminal power but star trek star trek was explicitly trying to explore social issues but it, i don't think it's explicit because it's not our world because this is the far future no but the writers were explicitly exploring these issues well to and them, that, that i don't think they ever advertised it that way no. Hey, watch our no not until not unless you read the books read the commentary about the right. the episodes which most people didn't right uh saved by the bell was trying to entertain you. Like that was the writer's goal. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They they yeah, they they were fine with you watching it and getting stuff out of it. Yeah. But their real goal, you're right, was to sell stuff where okay, I see what you're saying. So that their goal intentionally was to well, and I guess somewhat of my question too is maybe questioning the difference mm-hmm. between storytelling technique in some ways uh, between this episode, Next Generation, and like Discovery. Yeah. Where Star Trek Discovery has a gay couple living on the thing. Yeah. And, and, and so we they get to see- They have a non-binary character. It's true. Yeah. That's true too. So we get to see these sort of characters play out. My, my, my question, I guess, is how many people will not watch Discovery because of that? Yeah. And how many people are more open to watching this episode on Next Generation because it's more subtle? Mm. So does that make one more effective and one other? I mean, I guess the other answer is, is there room for both, of course. Yeah. But I'm, I'm more interested in which one's better. Let's get some <laughs> supremacy back in here. 
Uh, like we were talking about last episode, we do need to figure out which one is better. Oh, yes. yes. Which which culture is better <laughs> here. And, you know, I think that they they speak to different audiences. Interesting. And that's, that's the beauty of it, right? Yeah. That we can have an episode like this in TNG that my father-in-law will watch. Yeah. I mean, he did watch Discovery. Hmm. My my impression is he was a little annoyed at the wokeness, hmm. but not so much that he turned it off. Interesting. You know? Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, representation does matter, right? Like, right. the more we see gay characters just, like, living their lives and not as a point, like, check out this gay guy, you right. know? Right, right. That it increases normalcy. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think that's, that's important. I don't know. Maybe there's also something to be said about like not constantly trying to inoculate everybody right. against prejudice. Too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because again, because they're they're not even gonna they're not even gonna be open to it. Right. Like my thought was like like there's the the Doctor Seuss episode or a uh, book, the Sneeches, right, where they've mm -hmm. got the stickers and stuff like that, which is a story about racism. Right. But it's not about racism. It's about ducks and stickers. Yeah. And and yet it teaches the kids the story of the, the, the moral of the story is like about racism and about how like that. Now, it's anti-capitalist. That's the <laughs> getting sure. back to the market. Actually, it seems like pro-capitalist because that's the guy who wins. The no, guy who sells all the stickers. No. He makes a ton oh, of money, Oh my man. gosh. You have missed the point of that yeah. story. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. But either way, that is an interesting um, level of there. All right, my friends, uh, we got to run a little bit earlier this week because of our technical difficulties, but thank you so much for joining us. Um, to be honest, like for me, I left last episode feeling a little unsettled because I felt like we didn't land in a stable place. Mm -hmm. I felt a little unstable afterwards. But now, like, yeah, kind of looking at it from this perspective and kind of talking about like, hey, as much as it's the you do you thing, which I don't necessarily get on board with, but the idea of like why... Uh, Soren's line towards the end where uh, she says, what right do you have to punish us, to change us, to dictate how, who we love? Like, I really like that. Yeah. Where it's just kind of like, yeah, like why not like some level of live and let live doesn't mean we can't care for them. Doesn't mean we can't say like, Hey, I want what's best for you, but I don't need to dictate what that is. Right. I can love you. You know, even if I disagree with the decisions that you make. Yeah. 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 And we didn't, we didn't even get to talk about Riker and Troy talking about how good of friends they are and then a mouth-to-mouth -mouth kiss. Right? Is that a friend kiss? Well, that was what I was saying. There was zero sexual tension. Yeah. Which I would say, this is my point where it's just like, they were not a will, they won't they. This no. was a, they never will. <laughs> until they just threw them together in that movie. But... That's that's for another episode. But anyway, please join us next episode, our last episode for 2022. We are going to dive into one more Next Generation episode. One of my favorites. Well, these are all some of my favorites, but The Offspring. We right. mentioned it in this episode. There will be tears, at least by me, and I'm okay with that in my Such masculinity. <laughs> but it's so good. We'll have a lot to talk yeah. about. So please come and join us for that. But for today, my friends, again, thank you for joining us, and we shall say, live long and prosper. Peace and long life.